Welcome to the Republican Professor. Today we have with us a very special guest, Jonalyn Fincher. Thanks for being here, Jonalyn. Thanks so much for having me back, Lucas. It's a treat. I get to talk with you for a whole hour. So fun. <laughs> well, we're crossing our fingers with the tech issues we're having today in California. So where do you want to start? You're you're an artist. <laughs> Sorry, I've been thrown off with this tech stuff, and I'm I'm just not very good at at uh, regaining what my thoughts were. But um, no uh, wanted to talk about your your newest art exhibit that you're doing, and how that's going, and and maybe you could describe it for us what what the idea was and and all that stuff. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, I'm fresh from hanging the paintings. I just dashed off from the gallery, came home and changed and like, all right, it's time to talk to Lucas. This is so much fun to be able to do the work and then talk about why I'm doing it. Mm. So I'm a watercolor painter. I've been um, doing this seriously for um, 13 years. And you know, what's funny as I was looking back, it was the week before COVID became a big news item. It was February, 2020, that I took a class that led to me doing this art show on the COVID years. Yeah. So the class was um, how, to, how to write and illustrate a children's picture book. And I mean, it was fascinating. It was so interesting, the process of how to create images to tell a story for children. And I, I took this class, it was from Spain and I took it um, on video, a video Zoom kind of setup. And I, I worked through the story of Hansel and Gretel for the class. Wow. Retelling that really creepy children's story. Yes. Uh, I said it in New York City, and I had the witch be like a super Botoxed out wealthy white woman. And I like it changed a whole bunch of the details and modernized it. And I told it through stories. And I didn't realize it then, but I was preparing myself to illustrate the COVID years through watercolor. And so that class gave me the tools to do what is launching this Saturday, which is a show I'm calling it Saving Lives, the Untold Stories of the COVID Years. And it's going to be a live public free exhibition here in the um, New Hampshire city of Exeter, which is right along the seacoast. And I'm super excited slash nervous. Wow. Uh, very, very much putting myself out there, but um, I've been working towards it for nine months. So it's... It's, um, it's can you can you share any of the images so we can get an idea of what one might look like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to share it? Uh, maybe I should show Or you could just describe it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I have a rough draft here, actually, on the wall. Let me grab it. Um, let me explain it first, just for your listeners who aren't watching. I used, um, in all these paintings, I used stories I had heard mm -hmm. from people I knew or people who contacted me. Okay. I, I used the image of a mask yeah. to symbolize not just COVID, but COVID policies. Okay. And my goal, and this was, was really tricky, was 
to make sure that these were gentle and inviting images mm -hmm. okay. so that people didn't feel they were being shamed or accused or put in their place, but rather invited in to say, oh, yeah, I relate to that. Or, oh, I didn't know that. Uh -huh. <laughs> Let the paintings do their good work. Yeah. So this is an image called um, Sunday Morning, and it's a church here in New England. And there's a mask covering the steeple, but the mask is being ripped open. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. The cross is ripping through the mask on the top. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting idea for a painting. Oh, there's our... There's our train, our Amtrak going by. Sorry, background sound. I can't hear it. Hmm. Oh, good. Good. Well, I can. I'm glad you can. Mm -hmm. So that's one of 20 images. Um, that's pretty powerful. Thank you, Lucas. How many paintings do you have in this show? About 50. Five zero? Yeah, they're not all the COVID years. I also am a landscape and still life and a portrait painter. So I have a lot of still lives and and um, landscapes of this area that are a part of the show. But the COVID years, the, the saving lives part of the show mm -hmm. um, is 20 paintings. Okay. And what what's the address for the show? Just in case somebody's local. Yeah, it's the Foundation Art Space, um, which, I mean, you can you can go on Facebook and just look up Foundation Art Space and it will definitely show up. Um, okay. Another great way to find it is just to go to my website, the front top most obvious banner at johnalandfincher.com will have the, the address and the um, a little map to know where to park. But I mean, I can. So it's over July 4th uh the holiday um yes it's actually the entire month of july the grand opening is july 1st this saturday but i'm i'm show the exhibition runs the whole month so every thursday night friday night and saturday afternoon people can come by for the whole month and see these paintings wow here's the um, actual address it's 111r as in roger uh water street <laughs> exeter new hampshire awesome now, before we see another image, um, to me, it seems kind of challenging to share commentary or whatever through this medium of, of painting, right? Yeah, I mean, do. you know, so yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, you, you have your work cut out for you on that one. Is that how you felt? Did you like the challenge? I love the challenge. I like challenges. I mean, look who I married. He's like a challenging guy and I'm a challenging person too. So, um, I love, I love the, um, the act of communicating well, mm -hmm. very satisfying when the, the, the download and the upload. Happens. Yeah. 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 And the Big time. experience of, taking something that I'd only read or heard and trying to find an image 
to capture it. I mean, I did so many, what they're called thumbnails. They're like these tiny one inch by one inch sketches of just like, what about this? And, oh, that's too like rude or that's too like blatant or that's like really offensive or that's not clear. I mean, I can't tell you how many thumbnails I was like, that's just not clear. We have no clue what you're trying to say. Mm. And that's not good either. Right, right. So, um, and it wasn't just difficult because I'm putting it into a visual form, Lucas. It was difficult because I'm using watercolor. Yes. Watercolor does not let you make mistakes. So this white here in the cloud mm -hmm. is white paper. Okay. The cross is white paper. The light parts of the building and the mask here around the, like the, um, the loops, uh -huh. that's left. So every time I paint it, and that's why this is a rough draft. This did not make it into the show because it's not right. I'd have to just stop and start over. Um, it's not like pen and ink or pencil where you can use white paint or fix it. Right, so, right. So that made it extra challenging. Yeah. That the uh, the issue of the masks, uh, are you not to no pun intended, are you are you masking your own views about it or are you letting or i'm not sure how to ask the question actually i'm not sure what question i'm asking okay um are you okay with people seeing your own views about it is i guess what i'm asking well at the beginning i wasn't it just it's kind of nice to hide behind a painting you know it's like yeah. oh look at the pretty painting and oh what does she think you know people, who knows people, people do that with masks they, I think a lot of people like masks because I think they want to hide. I completely agree with you. It's like a veil. It's like a, it's like a protection thing for some people. I mean, there's some young people who prefer it because it's, they've right. known that more than not. That's right. So I have to say, I relate to that fear uh, or maybe that comfort zone. Okay. Um, but I got to a point where my husband, Dale, who you know very well, he, he's been my chief critic and encourager the whole time. And so I would lay out all my paintings and say, this is where I'm going. This is what I feel like. This is, this is, I really am, I'm inviting God into the process because I don't think you can have harmony and express beauty about something as difficult as COVID without supernatural help. I don't think that's a human endeavor. So I've been inviting God into the process and trying to, to, keep my own uh, angst and fretfulness away from the creative process wow. and that's taken a lot of time and prayer yeah get to really the nugget of what other people can relate to and so i painted a lot of things i mean probably the majority of the show and my husband looked at him and he said this is good but there's something missing you're not, you're not sharing the toll that COVID took on you. Oh. So that's when I decided to do um, a self-portrait when I had COVID. So a painting of myself when I was sick with COVID. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. And in that painting, I really reveal what I believe and okay. my experience with telehealth and them refusing care to me and um, really what was a gaslighting experience. And so in the painting, I have a picture of me and then I have these gaslights behind me. Wow. It's 
talk about like that was the day I realized I couldn't just trust my doctors blindly anymore. Right. I right. want to. I'm a trusting person. I I'll just jump in the boat and like, let's go. I don't even know you that well, but I trust you. And that was a real growing up experience for me during the COVID mm. Very sobering, very um, very sad. Hmm. Got to tell you, I'm I'm um. I, I relate to that so much. I really do relate to that so much. There's a, there's an added layer to this, this trauma. I think that I'm, you're communicating very effectively here. I'm going to add a, a layer of my own trauma. If you, if you don't mind. Here. And that's that we can't talk about it. Um, I had a video taken down from YouTube after the guest who was a candidate for Congress during the election week, by the way, they took it down. It's not intellectual tampering. That's not election tampering though. Um, but they took it down because she shared a story of how her father died and she was upset to say the least. And I can't say much more than that because they'll take this down. If I even mention certain syllables and your commentary so far has yeah. just barely, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take this down. I was just thinking that shoot. <laughs> and there's an additional harm. You might hear my voice change from the tone. It's not directed towards you. But the additional harm is that they sh they threaten to take the entire channel down. Um, That's the level of of malevolence we're dealing with. And I, you know, I I was uh I was on with a former professor of mine and yours, Dr. Doug Guyvet, uh not too long ago. Just just this past spring. And I mentioned uh, a different story of YouTube taking down a different uh, video. When they take it down, they give you what's called a warning. And the warning, uh, you can appeal that. And uh, then if you get another one down, uh, if they reject your appeal, you get, get another one down. It's called a strike. And the punishment is that you can't post or you basically, you're basically masked and silenced for a week. And if you get a second strike, it's two weeks, I think. And if you get a third strike, it's forever. You're taken down. All of that intellectual property is taken down. All the, so I have 130 some videos up. Talking about any number of things. And you have to understand these, this could be one sentence or a half of a sentence in two hours of conversation about everything else, but that thing. And it's just a, it's an offhanded mark remark, or 
And that happened. That actually happened. Our first channel, the first thing that was taken down was Brad Cummings. And he was the producer of the film, The Shack. He, he also published it out of his garage. It sold 22 million copies. He I talked like about, he talked about everything, but election. And then another word that starts with an F and they took it down and they said it was misinformation about whatever. And, uh, I can't say what it was because I, I can't use certain buzzwords because that's what they pick up, right? The software it's robots, you know, it's robots doing this, it's robots doing the censoring. Well, I, I appealed that one and they put it back up. And so I, my warning went away and then they took down, see, here's another, here's another added layer of, of trauma here is for me. I hate being censored. I hate it. I was on the campuses for 15 years. Censorship is everywhere. Self-censorship. See, so you see the censorship, then you see the threats, and then you see people self-censoring, and then you see people diverting thoughts so they don't think. And the, the kids are especially uh, vulnerable to this. And that's what really makes me mad is the kid, the effect on the kids, because then the kids can't think because they can't say certain things they're afraid and so then they end up thinking of other things and they try to fit in it's very natural but okay is another layer to this the way youtube does it is it it doesn't make any sense in terms of a due process the the forms are there for due process but it's only paper thin because the the videos they take down are not in order they don't go in any kind of order. So there's no like fair notice. So they don't warn you before they take it down. And so you can prepare for future. No, they go way back into stuff you did a long time ago and then they take it down. And then they say, if you do it again, well, doing it again, what does that mean? It means stuff that's already been up there for months. What do you mean? Do it again. It's already up there. And I, I didn't get any notice of this. And I don't even know what you're talking about because they never say what it is they give you a policy but they don't say what part of your video violated the policy Talk about living you're left it. you're left guessing yes. and I'm wondering if you're breaking the rules or if you're going to be removed you're self-editing anxious that you messed up and everything you've invested in will be taken away yeah and not only for me but from everybody that was on the podcast for everybody that was learning from the podcast for the benefit that it was get you know giving people and fortunately apple podcast doesn't do that yet but the audio version is up so you can go anybody can go on there and look and listen for those whatever misinformation policy whatever but the whole idea of a misinformation policy is creepy as hell to me just just the whole idea of misinformation policy it's like um, there's so many different reasons to share a, th a thought. It might not be, I'm informing you of anything. It might be that I'm, I'm asking a question. What if I might be, uh, thinking about thinking through something and you can think, think through something without like informing somebody. Right. But even if it is bad information, the best way to, to, counter that would be to to give correct information and i don't even know how you give correct information without sometimes mentioning the bad and it's just the mentioning the bad 
so anyway, it's, um, it's, yeah. So I'm on a warning right now and, and, um, I had a strike for a while. So anyway, it's just, I, I, I mention it here because I hate having an interview. I was so naive the first year I did this. I was like, oh yeah, we can talk about whatever. This is so freeing. And then now I find myself listening very carefully to what the person says. And I wonder if in a year they'll take it down and it'll be like a year. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But I don't like, I think that's so manipulative. I hate it. Oh, it is. It's manipulative and controlling. I'm very familiar with it. I was raised in a family where this was done regularly to control. And so I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm concerned that it just takes so many years to undo the damage. Yes. You live and you think it's normal to self-edit to the point you can't have that playful letting things overflow from the abundance in your heart and discovering if they work with another adult in conversations. You don't get to have that free creative playfulness. Mm-hmm. You're constantly holding a few things back that you're afraid to share. And I I think the very word misinformation assumes there is some pristine information out there, unfiltered and un, um, <laughs> untampered with, that we can right. just download into our brains, forgetting that God created all of us as mediators of knowledge. And every time we meet a human, we get a chance to learn something that's true or false. Right. And misinformation is what is part of being human. You can't remove that anymore than you can remove the germs that are all over our homes, many of which create probiotics and bad bad germs so there's always this like this idea that we can get purity and cleanliness in Mm -hmm. our knowledge is so misguided we have to just like with our bodies to fight for health we have to fight and figure out immunity by facing the bad germs and we have to do the same thing with ideas we have to face the bad ideas yeah and the good ones and the good ones and you know i i've been thinking about how truth itself has been really just assaulted and goodness has been mocked for years and i feel like the only one left is beauty and that's i just keep coming back to um dostoevsky's phrase that beauty will save the world it's the only place we can still get a a wedge in there you know when people of all belief systems look at something beautiful you can see it in their posture their their shoulders slacken and their their mouth opens and they they sigh and they let it in. They let the beauty in. And I've noticed that as I've been sharing flyers for my show, just, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Wait, oh my gosh, is this a mask? Oh my gosh, I didn't even see this. It's a mask with a hand in the mask covering the person's mouth. I am so intrigued. They don't even know, they're not even sure what I'm saying. And that's the cool thing is they don't have to be sure what I'm saying to come and experience the super important grief work and reflection we all have to do about the COVID years. So you're trying to reach out to people that maybe don't agree with you through art. That is who I did this show for. Wow. That's a very pastoral thing to do. (laughs) 
You know, I finally found a term for what I do, Lucas. I am a painting pastor. Oh, wow. I've never heard that term before. I just learned it. It's a thing in Europe. There are these pastors who are painters and they do it together. And I realizing that's what I do. Hmm. I'm so excited about this term. I'm still like digging out what it all means, but exciting to me. Wow. Do you have another image you'd like to show us? Because I'm probably, I'm guessing I do. for those that want to see this before YouTube takes it down. <laughs> okay. Well, this is kind of cool because it's a, it's the thumbnail. So you can see, I'm going to just let you zoom in. It's a, it's a grandpa with his arm around a little boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's in black and white. Black and white. And the, the grandpa's head is at least, at least double the size. What are those notes on the side of it? Is that um, part of the painting or is that your notes on it? Those are my notes, like how I want to adjust the color to make the, oh. the story really sing. Do I you always to, do that? Do you always write a bunch of notes on? I usually do. I, I want to move people's eyes through the painting. And so you have to do that with directional lines, with oh. um, shape, placement, wow. light. So yeah, I have a lot of notes around my do you have do you keep those for in your file for each one yeah, that you do all in my, I mean, this is this whole this whole notebook it's like a journal it's like a journal of like paintings that i've done and all the notes around it so i always save it it's so this is to me is like more valuable than my that is going to be a, a gold mine for an archivist someday <laughs> i don't think so lucas it's just wonderful to have a record and see how I've grown. Um, well, I'm glad you're not just throwing them away. No way. No way. They, they help me grow. I that's have awesome. like here of the critique. So I took my paintings for the show and I shared them with friends of mine who are painters and had them critique them and tell me how they weren't strong and needed to be better. So the notes from that are in there. Anyways, that's cool. um, oh. let me, let me grab another image. Um, it's right over there. So let me go pick it up. I'll be right sure. Back. No problem. Uh, incidentally, the, the episodes I mentioned that were, uh, censored on YouTube that are still up on Apple podcasts are, um, <clears throat> the one with Lance wall now from uh, spring of 2022 and the candidate for Congress that was taken down, uh, where she talked about her dad dying and the way he died and what the. Uh, and it was a true story, by the way. <laughs> so it's hard, it's hard to see how something could be misinformation and a true story at the same time. But um, it was, um, that was Heidi St. John. And those are still up audio only, and you can listen to it for yourself. You won't be able to see Heidi, but okay, you're, you're back. Glad you're sharing that, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Um, in my show, I do have a friend who I lost through COVID, the disease, and he was put on a ventilator and he died. Ow. I have a painting oh. of him. He was an artist and a big encourager of my work. <sighs> hmm. So his son gave me permission to paint him. And wow. I'm excited to share his life with the community here. Um, this is one that was inspired by a doctor friend of mine. Wow. There's a lot, there's a lot there that strikes me. What strikes you about this painting? Well, let me describe it. Cause you know, some people are listening only. It's a, 
it appears to be a woman who has a mask on. Um, <clears throat> there's a hand over her face that is the same color as the mask, and you can't see where the hand... You can see it's a hand, but it's the fact that no hand I've ever known is blue. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless somebody's wearing gloves, I guess. Um, but it, it could be a doctor's hand. Um, and there's a lot of uh, suffering in the eyes. Looks like there's tears in the eyes. And uh, th there's a very... Uh, gentle but painful um look in the eyes there's something in the uh let's see there's something at the bottom that looks like a stethoscope of some kind is that what that is Okay. In fact, this didn't make it into the show because I needed to paint it larger and make that stethoscope more clear. Because gotcha. It's titled Dr. Sheila, MD, pediatrician. Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, the policy that they said I violated YouTube was uh, contradicting expert consensus. So when I appealed, I said, uh, consensus means that everybody agrees that's what con means. There's there's no person that's an expert that disagrees. That's the that's the definition of consensus. For you, Lucas. Good for you. So, you know, they didn't they were unfaced. We understand this might be disappointing for you, but we have determined that anyway, and, and it's and there's no specifics. So yeah, I mean that's very powerful painting. That's you know, very right powerful. Now, what you're doing, you're honoring me so much because the paintings you've seen so far, both of them. Well, not the one of the grandpa listening to the boy because I didn't get to talk about that much, but the two with the masks, the mask on the church and the mask over um, this doctor's face, they're about censorship. And you let those paintings work on you enough that you allowed your own trauma with YouTube to bubble out and you shared it because the the paintings and the stories are doing their good work. And that yeah. to me is the biggest compliment someone could give me that my paintings allowed them to access so many things that have been deep down, shoved deep down. Hmm. I, how can we process this unless we talk about what it did to us? Yeah. Do you find that people have a hard time talking about it? Huge problem. Huge. They can't access it. They, they want to move on. I keep hearing that. I just want to move on. I don't want to. Both sides. Yeah, very painful. Pro and anti, mask or vaccine. Both sides do not want to talk about it. And yeah. you know, because I have experience in spiritual abuse and emotional and sexual abuse, I've studied these things. I understand how they work. This is the same cycle that repeats itself in any form of abuse. Hmm. You feel duped by it. You feel embarrassed and ashamed and you don't want to wrap any words around it. You just want to tuck it away. We're done with that phase. You know, that's why Eli Weisel's book Night about Nazi Germany concentration camps was so needed because the people who lived through it they, they, when you go through trauma, you can't even put words to it because it, it's like your body 
and your soul, it's like they freeze in the pain. And words and beauty and song and all kinds of art, they, they're like the key that open the lock and allow you to begin to move again and process. You go from being like a statue in, in Oslin's, you remember when Oslin and the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, he frees all those people who were stone statues by breathing on them? Yeah. Beauty is like Oslin's breath and it turns us back to be human again. So we're not stone. And there's so many stony faced, stony hearted people after the COVID years. Wow. What would be the, the best case scenario from this art show for, from your perspective? Have you allowed yourself to wonder about that? No. Or, I, or you're just I, like, I've been thinking about what, horrible things might happen and asking God to prepare me because uh -huh. I like what, what kind of horrible things? Like no one coming, like it being oh. censored as like, that's a bad show. That is, that's so negative. And gosh, like, that, that possibility doesn't even come in my mind. Oh, well, I guess on. it is. I guess it is a, it is a possibility. It's a bare possibility. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I, I can, I can see that. I can see how that would feel scary. Yeah. I mean, I think there will be some people pushing back, you know, like, oh, she's a whatever they want to call me. Huh. I think I think it would be hurtful if people are like, oh, her art sucks. It's so amateur. I would be like, oh, that's not that's not true. But I would feel <laughs> you know, I feel like they were trying to kind of like dig, like take a dig on me like, oh, she's just stupid little artist thinks she knows something. That would be hurtful. Um, best case, though, no, I haven't done a lot of best case scenarios, Lucas. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I like here's here's the way I look at it: is is that <laughs> it's? I mean, I'm not the I'm not the artist, so I mean, I'm just just letting some hot air out, I guess here. But the way I was thinking of it is that uh, once it's there, it's done it's like document it and it no one can take that away from you that that actually happened those pieces exist and the way things work in the public consciousness is sometimes it takes time to work on people because they're not used to it we like what's familiar to us and you know, we also like the new shiny things and we're constantly oscillating between the two. There's usually different groups that, that gravitate. But, uh, my thought is that once you have it, that's, that's in the can, no one can take that away from you. And, and it will only grow in value from that moment on. That's very encouraging to me. Yeah. Okay. You know Even what? if no one shows up. But still, <laughs> just just document it, and you can you can do it in the future, and you can add to it, and you can document it on however you document it, and That's it will be accessible to people, and you can say this is what I did back then. Maybe people weren't ready for it, but You're right, but, the work is done. You know, yeah. I I I have thought and dreamt dreamt a little bit about what if someone came to the show and thought i want this for my community like let's say you know a lot of people come to new england on vacation in the summer let's say someone's vacationing and they see my show and they say 
you know, I live in Texas or I live in Oregon and I wish my community could see these paintings. I wish, because every painting has the story written out in a placard of it. And then it has reflection question. And I have these frames that I've set apart with nothing in them. They're just blank frames. And I've strung um, wire in them where people can then write their own stories from the COVID years that they haven't shared yet and clip them into the frame to be a way that they are telling their untold stories. And I'm still, I'm gonna be reading all of them and I wanna to add to this exhibit and continue to paint these untold stories. And, wow. and I would love to travel with the exhibit to places that want this in their community. Um, and I, I would love for churches to see this as a spiritual experience to help their congregations open up the fear and let God do his good work to heal us. Yeah. So it's dialogical. So you're inviting a deeper level of participation than just looking at it and going, that's cool. I'll, I'll take that one. That's right. It's an interactive exhibit. Huh? How'd you get the idea for that? I don't think I, I've ever heard of an art exhibit like that. I think my girlfriends who critique my pieces came up with the idea. I actually can't remember who, which one it was. I did think, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it's so, not exhaustive, right? It's not like I have the corner on the untold stories. They're constantly going to be coming out for decades. Right, right. Well, that's what makes you different than a totalitarian. Because, you know, look at, okay, if you were the opposite kind of artist, right? The other side of the political equation uh, from, from, from us as tyranny, I, I, in my opinion, it would be weird if you, if you were doing an exhibit on, on this uh, COVID years and, and you, and every piece was just nailing down how we're not enough like China. We really should be more like China communists and there's not enough central authority top-down management of every little thing according to the discretion of whoever happens to be in charge whichever bureaucrat uh unelected bureaucrat and somehow you're communicating this effectively and and uh oh by the way tell me what you think uh, tell me your um sad story about you know I'm really interested in you and then I'll paint that. I mean, it, it would just, it, it wouldn't make any sense the way you're coming about it is, you, you know, you're, you're for free expression. So if someone has the communist view, um, you know, I guess you could figure a way to put it in, in words and all right, well, see what I can do with that. Uh, you know, but it's not, you're not censoring people. But don't you think, We've already heard the communist view an awful lot these days. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, no, yeah, that would just the be the normal view. Story. That's the told story. That's the told story. Yeah. Like in my write up about the show and why I'm doing this, I have the line about like we heard a lot. Masks save lives. I mean, I saw, I saw marquees usually used for men at work and slow please. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yanked off that job and put up Mass Save Lives. Four years, they said Mass yeah, Save Lives. Yeah, yeah. I saw it everywhere, Mass Save Lives, Mass Save Lives. Well, I know for a fact there's another way to save lives. It's to right. tell them stories. Hmm. And this saves us in a way that's been more tested and has more data and has more long-term sticking power yeah. than a 
So I've had people say, well, you should put saving lives question mark. And I'm like, no, but I really think this show is going to help save people's lives from denial and depression and eating disorders and isolation and, you know, just continue to name mental health disorders. Wow. Telling our stories is, I mean, that's the way the God of Israel did it for the children of Israel. He gave them a chance to tell their stories and that's what became the old testament and the gospels is telling mm -hmm. our stories is what makes us human how uh how'd you come up with saving lives i don't know i just i just was journaling and writing i mean there's a lot of bad ideas behind it before i landed on that one yeah. i wanted something that people would be intrigued about and have some questions i wanted to give dignity to the yeah. power the stories i just was your just, first idea you idiots i don't think anybody's an idiot Lucas. <laughs> i know oh, and then you know you revise and you're like oh well all right hold on a second well, that's gonna drive people away um every everything was the way it should have been and then it's an exposition on that and then and people are we like we did it right we did everything right. Everything was correct from the okay, government. Okay, you want to see another image? I'm really proud of this one. It's another slogan. Okay, this one is called We're All In This Together. Oh, wow. Now, it's a picture, it's a painting of all the logos that made major yeah. bank from the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. YouTube and Disney and Xbox and Roblox and Google and Amazon and PlayStation and it, okay, etc. And then in the middle is a boy on his laptop covered up oh, by a Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I think as parents, as adults, we need to talk about this. That is the most depressing one I've seen so far. Shoot. Well, they're not all depressing. There's good ones too. No, yeah. I mean, not in a not in a bad way, in a very thought for provoking way. Like, yep. Yeah. Like and in I, a how you relate, you resonate. Yeah. It's it's very close to home because well, it is home. I mean, it's it's your own children sitting over there on the freaking computer. So right. they're going no, out inside and playing. They could yeah. get education like education yeah. from this device and I there's know. a double meaning in the painting oh like gosh. it also looks like he's being protected like he's yeah. sheltered and so right. i want these images to let whatever's in each person who sees them bubble up yeah now do you think that that is inherently um therapeutic or what's your theory behind that well, God's not interested in our idea of ourselves, Lucas. He wants the real us. Hmm. He can't change us and make us more beautiful, more honest, and less hip hypocritical unless he engages with who we really are. And hmm. we can't present who we really are to God or to anyone unless we know who the heck we are and what the heck we believe. So yeah, there's a huge therapeutic side of it. But like, it's not just like, oh, that was therapeutic and I love, you know steam baths and it's really great to eat granola with my raw milk no it's not like that it's like i don't want to be the same woman to next year at this time that i am right now i want to be jonalyn 8.0 and i can't grow unless the false beliefs that i currently have right now 
are presented to God and refined and cleaned up and made into truth. So it's going to be a ton of crappy, weird stuff that's going to come out of people as they look at these paintings. I felt the same way as I look at them. I'm hoping people will feel the freedom even to cry because there's a lot of tears that need to be shed over what we all experienced these last two, three years. Yeah, it's a great way to detox too. Yeah, I, I mean, I would be so honored if someone came to my exhibit and then came back again. I can't think of a better compliment than that. How far away do you live from Exeter? Oh, I, I live I live in Exeter. Oh, you live there. Oh, okay, gotcha. Ah, okay. So you're in this community. You're you're a homegrown Exeterian. These are the people. I mean, I've only lived here for two years, so I'm yeah. still them. Yeah. We have plans to get on the water and do some sailing, so we may not be here for much longer. I don't know. It's still up in the air, but for now, this is like my parting gift to the community. Wow. Are you going to come back after you're done sailing? I don't know. You're going to just like go off to the sunset? Go off in the boat. I don't know, Lucas. There's so much about the future. I, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Well, it hasn't happened yet. So, yeah. Let me go, let's go back to the uh, issue of censorship. Okay. Just really briefly. Um, to me, it's the issue of misinformation. I think what it typically means is that it's not true what you're saying. You said something not true. This is what drives me nuts about the YouTube policy. You could have 10,000 true statements and one that they don't think is true. <laughs> they, they censor you for that. And like what you were saying is the, the, the interaction with people where you present your view and your evidence. What bothers me is the issue of evidence is really what needs to be protected. I think there's an assault on evidence because how do I know what is true and what is not good information unless I hear your reasons for it and then I can counteract that and we can, we can figure out our reasons for thinking what we do if we and and the way we do the way we think one of the uh youtube uh channels that was totally taken down was my my grandpa's church which is called god speak calvary chapel they're on rumble but rumble is not as easy to use as a platform as as youtube is so but um now I remember this because I saw it myself with my own eyes. They opened up very early and there was such a need in that the church grew. It, it, I think it quadrupled in size. There was such a hunger in the community in Ventura County, California, and they had YouTube discussions regularly. It, it was at least every week. I think it was multiple times a week with medical doctors, with people in the community, talking about data, talking about theory, and uh, talking about theology and science. And they 
discussed exactly why they were doing what they were doing. The, the evidence, and that is what was censored. The whole thing was taken down, all of those discussions. And I was happy. I don't know. I originally started looking at some of it. It was so much I couldn't keep up with it. It was so much, but it would have been a very valuable resource for later, this archive of, I mean, if I was writing a PhD in history and I wanted to know why did this church open up, you know, for someone that's not born yet and they, they're looking back, they want to know, well, that would be a great, pretty powerful resource. It would be a lot easier than tracking down Pastor Rob McCoy and, and asking him for an hour or two of his time. You have tons of hours archived there for the public later with the guests. I mean, think about how hard it would be to reproduce that and as an investigator later. You know, if you're, you don't even know who the people were, how to get hold of them, their emails, they don't email you back. They might be dead. And my grandpa was mentioned on a few of those episodes. And that's why I originally started, you know, uh, you know, archiving them and going, oh, grandpa was mentioned here, you know, and I didn't, I didn't have a copy of it. So it all, all got taken down, but, um, that that the the way you're doing it is getting at the angle of of evidence from the angle of beauty i think and and from the aesthetic approach would be interesting to see how that how effective that is uh how are you going to gauge how f it, whether it's effective you're not not by how many people come to see things your way but just just by the fact that there's a conversation taking place right and the fact that yes if nobody writes any reflection papers i will deem that it was not as effective as i had hoped oh. if nobody buys any of my artwork i will i will see that as them censoring me because i know mm. my artwork sells, sells i know just in a store my artwork sells um people don't know who i am if people people come to my show but never tell anyone else they know and don't ever come back that will be a sign to me it didn't it didn't resonate it didn't invite enough and i think the challenge for me going forward is to hold on to the vision that i sense the spirit of god giving me to do this show and hold on to what you just shared even today you've created a body of work nobody can take that away even if they came in and burnt the place down, I have images of every painting professionally taken. I have, I have the journey to create these paintings right here in these notebooks. Mm. And they're already out there. The paintings have already been in some way, some of the, a few of them have been shared on social networks across LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I've shared them across the, the accounts where I keep up. So there is a piece of this that the, my work is already done. I'm kind of just now get to sit in the audience and watch now God can take beauty and he can do what he wants with it because it belongs to him. Hmm. And, you know, last time we talked, Lucas, you asked me what the job of an artist is. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I have been thinking and studying and journaling and praying about it and i finally figured out at least for me i know what the job of an artist is and to me that's what i'm using to measure if this was effective okay let's hear it okay well it's not original lay it on me it's 
not original to me. So if you don't like this, you can take it up with Solzhenitsyn. So Solzhenitsyn okay. did a 1970 Nobel um, lecture on literature way back in the 70s. He said the artist's role, their job, is merely, I love that he puts in that merely as if it's just this tiny little easy thing. Okay, so buckle your seatbelts because it's Solzhenitsyn talking. The artist's job is merely to be more keenly aware than other humans of the harmony in the world. Say and that again. Say that it say that again. The artist's job is to be merely more keenly aware of the harmony in the world and the human's contribution to beauty or ugliness of that harmony. Mm. Every day we contribute beauty or ugliness to the harmony already in the world. And then the artist communicates that to his fellow men and women all around the world. Wow. So my job is to notice, to be keenly aware, to see harmony, to see where the human contribution destroyed it and see where the human contribution made it ugly, see where the human contribution made it more beautiful. And then to paint it, to write it, to sing it, to, to sculpt it. And that, that was my goal with the COVID years because there, was there were incredible stories of humans contributing beauty and harmony, even during the COVID years. Yeah. And there were stories of humans contributing ugliness and, and right. trying to destroy harmony during the COVID years. And it's yeah. my job to notice it and to paint it. Yeah. Wow. How did you come across that quote? Well, I am. Um, I'm really old-fashioned. I, I practice the um, the Jewish um, spiritual discipline of Sabbath once a week, and so every Friday night to Saturday night, I don't do any work, and I read and I study mostly poetry and scripture, and I make delicious food, and I watch Columbo reruns, and I go on walks with my husband, and I just spend a whole day resting. And on one of those rest days, I picked up this printed lecture of um, Solzhenitsyn speaking hmm. on literature. And I, and I read it and I was like, this is it, this is it. And, you know, the more I thought about it and the more examples I tried to compare it to great art, it worked. You know, this definition works every single time. For those who don't know, Solzhenitsyn, Alexander Solzhenitsyn is a famous writer, won the Nobel Prize. He's Russian, I think. Yep, he was sent to the Gulag, which was the the Russian, the communist Russian censorship regime that took yeah. them out, like took them out of their beds in the middle of the night, sent them east and imprisoned them, forced labor, terrible suffering, and Solzhenitsyn endured that, survived it, and then went on to write about it in a, an amazing book called The Gulag Archipelago. Yes. He also has a smaller book called A Day in the Life, One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisevich, which is, if you can't get your hand on the, the archipelago one, which is much longer, uh, get get the smaller one. And that's one day you'll get a really good sense of what life was like under under that kind of regime, Soviets. Um, wow, that's really powerful. 
if you're not into reading, get the movie that won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Film, The Lives of Others, which is what it was like to be an Eastern Berliner when Russia was in charge and the power of beauty to set one of the Stasi, which are the secret police of the Russians, let how beauty saved his, his whole life. Oh, I've never seen that before. The Lives of Others. It's wow. I've of heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Excellent. Huh. I'm going to have to get that film, get the DVD. Do you know yeah. what year it came out? Oh, is it 96? I could look it up. I can look that up. It's it's not a recent film. It's no, not too okay. recent. Okay, gotcha. 2006, I'm sorry. It's more recent than that. 2006. I saw on Instagram a reel that you did recently. I'm not sure if it was your last one or not, where you get, were getting some sensor, you were getting some pushback. Yeah, did you already flyers. did you already cover that? No, my flyers have been taken down in a lot of places for my show. Really? Do yeah, you have I a sense of who's doing that? What 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 the what their view is? Do they have the opposite view of you or do they just misunderstand your view or or what you're trying to do? I think the only data I have, the hard data, I mean there's a lot of potential reasons, but I don't like to conjecture on this stuff. I like yeah. to have, have yeah. evidence. So right. I asked one shopkeeper directly and she said, I've been through COVID. I don't want anything to do with masks up in my shop. I don't want anything to remind me of that time. I'm it's over and I'm moving on. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Which I think represents the way a lot of people feel. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Hmm. How sad. She doesn't realize that you're on her side. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was huh. discouraging. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. That that kind of friendly fire happens so much. So nice. that kind of crossly fire. Yeah. And it, it drives me nuts. I always imagine my own resiliency by how long I loop on it. Yeah. And my looping is getting down to it's not days anymore. Woohoo! Growth. Sweet. I'm only looping until I can get some good time to pray in. And I notice those little attacks, those little digs, they often come when I'm exhausted and I'm hungry and I'm tired of teaching the boys homeschool and I don't know what I'm going to make for dinner. And then it's like, I have no time to process this. And now that's so discouraging. Do you feel like that kind of vulnerability that you just shared with us about how it affects you? Do you th feel like that makes you a good artist or a stronger or a better artist? think my vulnerability is that unusual but i suppose that that I, yeah i mean of course i, I mean if you're going to be sensitive to beauty and harmony in the world you've got to be vulnerable to it no i mean vulnerable and you're sharing it publicly because a lot of people wouldn't admit it that it affected them hmm. i don't know if that makes me a better artist lucas i think it makes me a better friend okay do you think it makes you a better artist? How, what's the connection you see? I don't have any thought about it. I, I just, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, vulnerability, uh, sharing it publicly, I think is an inviting posture. Okay. And I do think there is an inviting, welcoming style that I've developed in my painting. I think people feel embraced and nurtured by the paintings I do. Mm -hmm. So I think that 
people who want warmth in their life are attracted to what I do. So a better artist, ah, I'm not personally very attracted to people who are cold and closed down, but I do think they can be good artists in the sense of their craft being excellent in the sense that they can observe things in the world accurately. So I don't know, that's, that's a good question. Maybe if I use the um, Solzhenitsyn definition, I would have to say, yes, it does make me a better artist because my vulnerability helps me better communicate what I see. The, the pieces you've shown are different than the ones I've seen before, yeah. meaning it seems like it's a different style. Uh, I don't know the words. Okay. So, but I just know that that guy, Dolly, Salvador Dolly, he would paint some very weird things, the kind of things you'd never see walking down the street. There's typically the things that I've seen from you are the things you'd see in a national park or walking down the street, stuff that you recognize, like that's from reality. Right. But what you're doing, like with the kid, and the the Disney and the the YouTube and stuff, or the church with the mask over it, um, it feels a little bit more on the Dolly side of of something fantastical, but overlaid over something that looks real. I don't know what you call it. Do you know how to, what that's called, or is that? Um, that's a good question. So I didn't go to formal art school, so I'm not up on all the right terms, but I do think there is an abstractness to these paintings, oh, okay. gotcha. not just supporting um, a landscape scene for the sake of, I mean, all landscape artists, artists alter the scene to give it like a little bit more clarity about where to look and move the eye, but you're right. I'm creating images. Yeah. I want it to look realistic. I mean, I'm sure even Dolly wanted it to look like an actual clock, even while it was dripping off the piano. But um, are yeah. you in your are you in your studio right now? I am. Yes, this is my Do studio. You, are you able to get us a little bit more? Can we take a look at your studio, or or is that invasive? No, I don't mind at all. I can turn you. Yeah. Just, the walls are bare though because I've taken everything down for the show, but I can I can swivel you. So this okay. is window. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see if I can got a sink there. Yeah, that's kind of a cool Lots of paint. spot mm -hmm. because um, well, here I can show you. So this is a, a portrait I did of a friend, and then there's a bunch of minis here, and then this is where I, I pin all my art along this wall to to view it to be able oh. to judge if it's right or good. So this is where all my Saving Lives paintings were hanging. So and that was all, full. That whole wall was full. Yes. Oh, wow. It's not full anymore. And then I don't know if I can take you all the way over. Just a second. You can see my really messy side. I wasn't prepared for this, but here we go. Da, 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 da. So this is my awesome closet, which holds all my framing supplies. So frames and matting and my easel so I can go paint outdoors. And then I have some frame pieces here for the Saving Lives show and more down here. And then here's my, my palette. Wow. How and often do you have to fill that up or is that something you fill up or do you get a new one? No, no, you have to fill it up with the tubes. Oh, you fill it with the tubes. Right over there on the wall right here. Oh yes. I see. Yeah. This nice. 
very special to me because this easel, I mean, it's actually the palette uh -huh. that belonged to my great, great grandma. That's from, cool. She was Spanish. So it came from Spain. And nice. And the, and the, the images you have behind you that those are children right there. And is that that guy couch with the table? Yeah, this is an interior, interior uh -huh. scene. And this is um, a, a value study of my son and my husband sailing. And then this is the unfinished work of me with my grand, my grandmothers, um, which I haven't had the heart to finish yet, but I will one day. Wow. And, um, yeah, above is some still life. And then you got, yeah, oh, wow, that's cool. That that can we see a, a close up of that still life the with the fruit and the bottle? Sure. I did this at a local apple farm. Hmm. Wow. How fun. Do you put those 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 paint this is a stupid question. Do you put those paint splotches on there as part of the art or is that an <laughs> yeah, accident? Uh, well, sometimes it is an accident, but I have started doing more splatter work because there's an energy to splatter. You can't fix it once you like wh whip it down. It's yeah. there. There's like an action feeling that brings and some paintings call for it and some don't. Can we see the couch a little bit closer? The one behind your head? Yeah, yeah I'm really pleased with this one. I That's want to very that. relaxing. My gosh. Thank you. That is nice. very calming it's, it's just like kind of like all's right with the world it, it's like a sabbath it feels like a sabbath kind of like hey take a nap it's feel like a sabbath i can't part with it i don't want to i don't want to sell it i did this in a class i took a year yeah. ago yeah so it's just here to inspire me to keep going <laughs> so let's get how people can contact you and all that make sure we get that in the record here and follow you for updates and can, i do want to hear more about how you're going to do this on the road oh yeah well first the ocean I, the ocean okay. oh the ocean oh yes yes i'm yeah that'll be challenging um okay so to contact me um, my website is the best spot. There's a contact form there. Um, it's just my name, jonalynfincher.com. J-O-N-A-L-Y-N. And Fincher, like the bird, F-I-N-C-H-E-R.com. And from there, you can find my blog where I write bi-monthly on friendship, healing, and beauty. That is the best way to get my first paintings, my first news, my next galleries, um, like exhibitions, that's where you get all that news. And then I have, um, if you're interested in me doing a commission piece, I love painting people. That's probably my favorite thing. I'm going to have um, three huge paintings of uh, a friend's three children that she wants me to do. I'll work on that once the show gets mounted. Um, so if you're interested in me painting for you people or places, I've done a lot of house portraits, then my website is a great place to look for my style and just to find out more about that. Yeah. Okay. And then on social media, do you want to yeah. say? Instagram and Facebook are great places. Um, but across the board, it's Jonalyn Fincher, um, yeah. at Jonalyn underscore Fincher for Instagram, Jonalyn Fincher Art Studio for Facebook and Twitter is Jonalyn Fincher. LinkedIn is Jonalyn Fincher. So nice and consistent there. 
So if you're, I'm talking to people listening now, if you're uh, so over the uh, hysterical tone of, of so much of the rhetoric and you, you have your beliefs and, and all that, and, and you know, you feel like you're kind of squared away. It's just that you don't want to have to uh, be angry all the time. <laughs> um, I think uh, Jonalyn is a, is a good place to camp out uh, because uh, she's a, she's one of the good people. <laughs> she's one of the good guys. And I, by the way, I looked up guy in the dictionary recently in the Oxford English dictionary. And I, I, I don't know why I was surprised, but the, the definition was human being. And then the secondary, it. secondary definition was uh, male, male human being. So I was like, anyway, um, I, use guys. I use guys that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just nice because, uh, you know, even if you're not really that, um, opinionated about things or whatever, but you do enjoy talking about friendship or thinking about, uh, friendship and art and, and just, uh, beauty, truth, beauty, goodness, Jonathan, Jonathan is, um, has a steady stream of cool stuff coming out. And, uh, like, like she said, you can contact her if you have a specific idea and see if you can have a meeting of the minds and maybe she can make something for you. That's exactly what you are interested in, in her style and how she, how she would do it. For that. Yeah. I love helping them kind of see a vision to, to the, to reality. Um, do you, do you have anything that you would do as a commission for under a million dollars? Cause <laughs> most of our, most of our people, I mean, well, <laughs> we have some people that are under the million dollar mark and they, they would they, be they would love working for me because I can do something for them that would be the price of their grocery bill. They will be delighted. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Um, I should mention one other thing, because most of your listeners are not local to New England, um, mm -hmm. though if they are, I hope they'll come to my art exhibition. That would be amazing yeah. to meet someone from the Republican Professors podcast. Um, okay. But I'm planning to do an online gallery experience of the Saving Lives show. Um, so if they're interested, cool. listening, like, I want to see these images, um, yeah. please sign up at my blog to get my newsletter and my blog and you'll you'll be alerted first when it goes live and you can purchase your online gallery ticket awesome well jonathan it looks like uh god answered our prayer today no internet it's craziness we, i've had i've had cutting out of internet all day and then jonathan and i prayed and uh we have gone over an hour now with no problems. So, Jonathan, I think I'm going to miss talking to you when you're out at sea. And I'm not sure exactly if you want to add anything. You clearly, clearly have something planned for how to paint at sea. How are you going to do that with the boat rocking? Um, well, the great thing about boats is they come to shore and they anchor. Uh -huh. <laughs> and this this makes rocking a lot less yeah um, i'm gonna have to learn how to do it that's yeah. gonna be 
but you know, you have to come on shore to get your groceries and I can set up my easel if it's really bad on shore and paint from shore. Um, but where, where are you going to go? Like, do you have you, have you like, charted that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> so we do know we're going to start with the Eastern seaboard and then get down to the Bahamas. Our, we have two boys who love to scuba dive. So we're going to get their fill in of that while we homeschool them. And then I'm hoping if we're not like hating it, which is always possible at that point, we'll try to go through the Panama canal and then either up the Pacific coast or across to Polynesia. Oh man. There's going to be a lot of cool paintings. <laughs> I can see it. I, I would be interested to one through the Panama canal, but you're going to be on the boat for that. Right. So it's going to still be moving. Well, I can take pictures and then paint when we're back on land. So that's, that's, that's true. Oh, okay. So you already thought about it. You know, you don't need me, someone, someone like me, you know. It's a good question. It's a good question. I do plan to keep painting. Well, uh, it's always good to connect with you and um, sad that you're going to be leaving uh, the U.S. for a while, hopefully just for a short time. But um, I'm excited to see what, where you get, where, you, where God takes you. Lucas, thanks for this time to talk about my show. This is the first interview I've been able to do about it, and it means an awful lot to me. It means a lot to me, too. Thanks, Jonalyn.